Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet on KDRT 95.7 FM. Today, we're talking about mindsets, and I'm talking with Anna Bocino. And I want to clarify what mindset is, is that we're going to be talking about the thoughts that we think and the stories that we have in our life. And when I say stories, a story can be I'm not good enough, who do I think I am, or I'm a fraud, those are stories, or I'm not well-liked, I don't fit in, I'm not in the in-crowd. I mean, these are just things that are coming to mind, that the things that we are constantly telling ourselves all day long. And so we're going to talk about mindset because our minds are so powerful. And this is a common conversation that I've had throughout the 440 plus shows that I've done on how she really does it. And you're going to get a perspective from me and from Anna where we're really going to be opening up and bearing kind of our souls as we talk about this. And you'll hear about how the common humanity piece and why we're doing that in the interview. We're going to talk about Anna really has this Abraham Hicks background that she really uses. And for some of you, that may be uh, and and a d- distractor or a distrusting. I know for me, if I'd heard that 10 years ago, I would have like shut down. I just invite you to be open to the whole conversation because it's really about the nuggets of information that you take from this, not that there's a blueprint. You know I don't believe in blueprints or overnight success. So it's about what are the nuggets and what resonates with you and let go of the stuff. The other thing that I found when as I've gone through my own personal development journey or as I work with clients is that sometimes they may have a different language than you. And that's okay. Don't let that stop you. You may have to put it in language that resonates with you. And you're going to hear about how I changed some stuff from um, Wellesley from the Stone Center so that I could actually understand and hold on to. So in this conversation, we're going to talk about thoughts becoming things, uh, going general, and she's talking about our feelings, the stories that get in the way growth, the Carol Dweck growth versus fixed mindset, which we talk a lot about, but I really wanted to clarify that and versus this idea of these stories that we tell, feeling states. And then we both share kind of like, what are the thoughts that help us get into better feeling states? So those are examples that you can apply in your life. And I always say to my clients, you know, it's like getting on a new pair of shoes or getting a new outfit. You're not quite certain. Like, I don't know, for me, I'm, I'm a, I say I'm a slow learner or I'm not, you know, I, I'm, I have resistance. And so when I may go get a new pair of running shoes, I might not, I'm like, I have to test it out. Not totally sold that this is going to be it. And so maybe for you, you have that bit of resistance and you're not totally sold, but go try it out. Try it out because you're just going to, it's an experiment and I invite you to experiment. So here's the show that Anna and I did together. All right. Hello, Anna Vucino, my friend and guest co-host is back and we're going to talk about mindset today. Yeah, we are. That's exactly what we're going to talk about. I'm sure we won't stray from the topic at all. <laughs> well, you and I will do a much better job than if Vinny were here. This is true. <laughs> this is true. I still have an interview that I've had to, I've held on to since September because mm-hmm. we got on this whole Title IX situation. Yeah. 
for for the entire show. And I said, okay, well, now that we're done with that topic, can we go and retape? Can we tape what we were supposed to talk about? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's Vinny. So, Miss Vocino. Hi, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Great. How's your mindset? My mindset's better than it was when we first got on. (laughs) Well, you know what's cool about that? It's like, I think all of us have a certain degree of extrovert in us and all of us have a certain degree of introvert in us. And sometimes you need to go and like recharge your jets and be alone. But sometimes you need the distraction of talking to another person to kind of like switch that mindset. Well, you know, for me, I really feel like I believe that I need to talk my stuff out. Uh, It's more effective because writing I tend to censor. And because I have all these old stories of I'm not a good writer and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I when I have that safe place to talk my stuff out, or I can just feel, you know, you've got great energy. And so I get a little bit more amped up than when I first got on this call with you. Um, so I can feel that too. And there's that's how my shifts happen. Not that I'm not saying that writing's not great, because I do that too. But for me, sometimes I'll just I'll call up a friend or somebody and I'll be like, okay, I, I just I need to blurt this out so that I can figure this out and process. Yeah. Well, I think, don't you think there's a part of us that might have become a little tentative to do that? Because if you say something negative, then you're going to create something negative in your life. Ooh, say more about that. Well, you know how you, I mean, if we're going on the, down the path of, you know, thoughts become things. Mm-hmm. If you dare express a negative thought, which of course is hilarious because you're already thinking it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we need to verbalize these things to get a grasp on it. Now, sometimes folks just want to vent and just <laughs> beat that drum. I'm not advocating mm-hmm. that. I'm saying, but sometimes you need to like, you like what you said, call a friend and say, listen, I am just, I have this thing stuck in my craw and I don't want it to be stuck in my craw any longer. Like the intention still has to be, I want to work it out. Mm-hmm. Not like, can you believe she did that? I want to talk a half an hour about how she did that. <laughs> Um, which, you know, so that has its time and place, but it's never productive. So, yeah, so we're always afraid of verbalizing it. But oftentimes, if you verbalize it to just the right friend who's a good sounding board, you have a really productive little mastermind conversation. Then you move on with your day and you feel better. Mm-hmm. Your mindset has shifted. I like to call it cleaning out the mind clutter or the mind crack. I like that. My friend, uh, Bonnie Gillespie, who we we're talking about off the air, calls it my actor mind taffy. Mm-hmm. That that same thing, that mm-hmm. nasty stuff to get in your brain. It it is nasty stuff, and it's and it's you know I've never done crack, but it's that idea that oh if I do this I'm going to feel good, right? But you don't really mm-hmm. feel good, and you just wind up living in the swamplands and miserable. Like I used to pitch a tent, build a campfire, invite people, and then they would leave. I'd invite more people because you know I would never leave the swampland. <laughs> Why would you leave the swamp land? It's the only land you know. I was too busy story fondling all my crappy stories and and sitting there. Story fondling. (laughs) The word fondle is kind of gross, isn't it? But it it really hooked you, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Story fondling. Ew. Yeah. 
So for me, I think with that whole idea, because there's that laws of attraction, right, or the energy, and I've had a lot of uh, laws of attraction people on the show in the past, but the thoughts becoming things, the way I look at it is I've got to clean out that clutter that's in my brain so mm-hmm. I can figure out what's going on. And then get that helps me get clear because sometimes I have this all this clutter and it's from conditioning, programming, you know, and it could be the, th- the cultural influences. Well, if you do X, you'll be safe, right? Or this is what you need to do. This is what it's like, well, wait a second. It's really bothering me. Get it out. Okay. Well, what is it that I really believe? So it's cleaning right. out what's up in my head so that I can get focused and say, okay, this is what I believe. And then when I notice these other thoughts coming in to affect my mindset, it's like, but I don't believe that. So that's a really good thing to do to be able to detach yourself and say, well, what do you think? Talking about yourself. Well, this, my, my husband's really pissing me off because he did it. Well, what do you think? Mm-hmm. I guess it doesn't really matter. Well, what do you think? <laughs> well, it's not that big a deal. You know what I mean? It really like takes the sting out of whatever. <laughs> it's always your, it's always your husband, isn't it? <laughs> not well, your husband, my husband. <laughs> we all have those trigger points and it's, it's just re- getting rid of the drama. Yeah. Right. Because what is drama other than just getting sucked into what you think is like an Im- unchangeable reality, right? Mm-hmm. And being, and you're a victim to it. Mm-hmm. So recently what had happened, I was, I was away and it's, I was in this place where I get triggered and I knew that going in because um, there can be that, the, there's that little girl in me um, that can feel excluded and there's, I have a story mm-hmm. beyond that, but, but mm-hmm. so, you know, the, the adult woman in me can sometimes forget that I'm the adult woman. I'm not that little fifth grade girl whose right. entire class said who hates Corinne and the everybody wrote their name. Right. So <laughs> yeah, talk about a story. Kids are such a-holes, man. <laughs> and so we're going to make a list about how much we hate you. <laughs> Dude, they did that to me too in sixth grade and I would get, they got the class, the whole school against, it was one of those small schools, you know, got the, got the school against me and they got the kids to throw, uh, the little one, the boys to throw their transformers at me whenever I would get on the bus. So I have a funny association with the transformers. I'm always like, oh, I don't like, I don't like those transformers. I don't like them. See, I love how you reframed it, that you had a funny association with Transformers. Right. Right? And that cha- that takes you out of victimhood and being like, oh, look at that. Isn't that funny? Well, it took a while. Uh, yeah. Anyway, I interrupted you. No, and that's okay. And so here I was, this new kid at the school, and I was in the, you know, the gate program in California, the gifted program, and felt like a fraud. But, and I was my little swimmer geek self, so proud, wearing my swim shirts every day, and very proud, and, you know, loving to play dodgeball and chicken. And I, I really had this belief that girls are just as good as boys. Like that is, I really believe that. I didn't understand this gender inequality inequality thing. I'm so with you on that. Right. And so, and I remember and I was a geek and I went to the library with our class, totally loved it, loved biographies, came walking out and the note is given to me, crushed me. So that is. All right. So who's the little a-hole kid who like marched up to you and was like, I'm giving Corinne this note. I don't even remember. You don't remember? But isn't it amazing? Because I know where I was standing. It was right outside the library. I remember this. I don't remember what time of the year it was, but how our stories can really just hold on to us. And so that for me is a shame trigger. Oh, sure. Right. And so when I'm now say 42 and I'm going to, um, an event that I go to every year and it there's that there's that little girl who gets worried about being excluded. Why do you go to this event? 
Well, because I can learn, but there's triggers there. So, right. so we'll get to that. So there's okay. triggers there. But I noticed, and because I, I always learn stuff, so it's good. But there, there's that. It's it's a great place for me to trigger all of my own. Oh, nobody's gonna want to be with me. Will mm-hmm. anyone sit with me? It's all that stuff. It's why don't we show up in our lives, right? If you have this belief that if I do, if I go by myself, nobody will be with me. I won't be on the inside. I won't be mm. one of the popular girls, right? All the right. stuff that the popular girls not interested in now, but that's my little girl self. So one of the things that I, I'm better about now is that instead of blurting or instead of being confrontational in the event, which doesn't help, is that, <laughs> yeah, <don't> do that. <laughs> I had a lifeline. One of my girlfriends, when I was going down, she, she said, you know, just call me. I'll, I'll be around. And so, of course, all my stuff is coming up. So I, I, call, I, I text her and we agreed to talk that night. And I just said to her, I go, I'm so glad that you are safe. And I'm so glad that I can tell you this stuff because I need to get this mind crack out so right. that I can figure out what's really going on. It's triggering me. And I look at triggers not as a bad thing. I look at it, there's something going on that I'm trying to understand. Right. And my initial reaction is to armor up and put judgment. Like I, And I've actually just really learned this more about myself recently is that instead of, I don't really like that nervous queasy feeling. So another way that I'll do it is I'll just judge. I'll sit there mm. and I'll judge because then I can just like, oh, see, you're the one that's all screwed up over there. It's not really, you know, whatever it may be. But I have these non, I call it, quote, life coachy thoughts. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> but Are I ha- you telling me you're a human being? <laughs> I'm so a human being. <laughs> oh, I'm so disillusioned right now. But the beautiful side, you can be disillusioned. That's okay. Okay. The beautiful side, I'm, I'm often disillusioned. <laughs> <laughs> The beautiful, the beautiful side is that after processing it with a few people, right, very safe people who weren't at the event, the next day I could show up, I was very clean, it was very clear, I knew what it was that I wanted, and but I had to get past that mind crack, and I realized, oh, I'm armoring up, and but what is it that I really want? Part of the judgment was I didn't believe I could really have it. Mm. So it wasn't that, it wasn't these people were bad, it was just me getting in my own way. So that list, mm-hmm. when you got that list, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a trigger point that still can set you off. Mm-hmm. Oh, you mean my fifth grade list? Yes. Your fifth grade list. <laughs> when how, I was 10. <laughs> how, I mean, first of all, amazing that you can put it together. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because... Some of us would just keep going and going and acting like we just got the list, but not realizing it that we're just doing the list, the list receiving behavior. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <clears throat> so how how have you like lessened that flare up over the years? Um. Well, for a long time, I re- I did run from it. And I hid from it, uh, and. Um, I mean, that night I was devastated and I had to go back to school. I didn't have a choice for that. Um, but it really was one of those things that really dimmed me and dimmed my light um, or I allowed it to. Um, and the more I talk yeah, about it. Yeah, you chose to tamp it down mm-hmm. because you didn't want to get that kind of criticism. I don't mm-hmm. blame you. Yeah. And so um, really kind of being on the, I don't know if the outskirts, but just really not showing up in lar- large parts of my life. Um and then the now as an adult, the more I just talk about it, I realize, okay, th- this is what happened when I was, what, 10, right? I'm 42. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. Sorry, the telemarketers really want me to talk to them. 
All right, back to your really intimate confession of being 10 <laughs> and receiving the list. So I think, you know, now I'm much more, I mean, the fact that I'm even sharing this on the show, mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've done a lot of work on that. And so I've been sharing it and talking about it. Um, Cause one of the things about, you know, shame resilience is that you share your story with somebody who's earned the right to hear it. Right. So I've been talking about it and realizing, okay, that's something that happened. I don't really know why. I don't even remember who, but it doesn't need to define me. So when we talk about like mindset, I can either choose to let that experience define me and say, oh, see, Corinne, everybody hates you. And then if I walk into a room thinking everybody hates me, Mm. then that goes back to your idea of thoughts become things. Right. And then are you bringing that out in people? Yeah. You don't want that either. And then you get scared. Yeah. Because when I think that, oh, everybody hates me, I'm going to either puff really big up and then make sure that everybody hates me, or I'm going to shrink away and not even show up. Mm. Or do what I do, which is try to make sure everybody in the room likes me. Mm-hmm. That's very time consuming mm-hmm. and energy consuming. So so that, so that we just explained in um, at Wellesley, they have the Stone Center research where they look at the shame shield. So shame, so basically what that event triggered was the sh- was shame, right? It was, yes. I'm not good enough. And shame is the voice of who the hell do you think you are? You're not worthy. You're not good enough. N- According to Brene Brown's research, 95% of us all feel shame unless you're like a sociopath is the only time you don't feel shame. So that's the great news. It's not a common, most people don't have that correlation. Like we understand frustrated anxiety. Right. But we don't really, we, we don't have that um, knowledge about shame. But so at the, at the Stone Center at Wellesley, they have these three shame shields and we protect ourselves from our own shame. And so what we will do is for me, I will move away, I'll hide, that'll be one part of what I do, mm-hmm. or I move against and I call that the inner gladiator. You're going to mess with me, bring it on right? You have the one that's called moving towards where you go and try to make everybody happy. Yes. I was going to say the inner gladiator sounds very foreign to me. <laughs> I, very, I, I got that one. <laughs> yeah. That's not because I was like, I, I, I always look at folks who can do that and go, wow, you're brave. Like I, I see the ladies like on the housewives shows, they're very much like they're combative mm-hmm. and, and on the offensive and I'm always like, that's really, I can't, I, that it may, that scares the crap out of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we all know what, which, what are the ones that we go to, to try to shield ourselves from shame, but then we're trying to be like, okay, it's not really there. It's like the elephant in the room, right? We've all heard that kind of common language, right? If there's an elephant in the room, but nobody's talking about it. That's what happens with shame. And then it grows. And it grows. Yeah. It's like mold, mold in a closed wet container grows. That's what happens with shame we try to hide it away and then that's where people go into like for me it would be eating um other people it's drugs or sex or alcohol or work you know any of the aholisms and and then you feel shame for doing mm-hmm. those behaviors yep it's like double shame yep and i call that a shame storm shamestorm.com <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've had the shame storm mm-hmm I've called it something else, though. <laughs> but yeah. But so then that's why, like, with this mindset thing, I'm so excited about because we get to, we essentially, and I remember, you know, if I'd, if I'd heard us talking about this like 10 or 15 years ago, I'm like, these two ladies are crazy. But we get to really choose what we believe and what yeah. we think. 
And so, and that's really what mindset is, is that, you know, what is it, what are the stories that we are telling ourselves? Right. What are the stories we're telling ourselves? And yeah, I guess, you know how you can like see one of your friends get in their own way and it's really easy to see it because it's not you. Yeah. Because we're not in our own shame storm where we can't see anything because we're shielding. Exactly. (laughs) But at the same time, even though what you think about them getting in their own way might be true, that's not even a good story. Say more. You know what I mean? Because like you're making up a story about them. Uh. And it's irrelevant because you're not them. Mm-hmm. And I got to think, again, if thoughts become things, why spend so much time figuring out, oh, you know what? Sally does this and she gets in her own way. Don't you think that then you're kind of like you're, you're creating it, that for yourself because you're afraid of that. You don't want that to happen to you, what she did. Mm-hmm. And so that's like another mindset thing we do to distract from our own shame is to like say like, well, Sally does this and Matt does that. And because they do that, I'm going to spend my time, like what you said, judging. The judging thing is very interesting. Mm-hmm. And when really I'm just, I'm just afraid because I don't want to wind up like Sally, mm-hmm. <laughs> oblivious to my, to that one particular behavior she's doing. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But then what is it that you want to do? So clean up. Focus them. on yourself. Mm-hmm. Clean up your own stories. Don't worry about other people's things. Mm-hmm. Just like. I know the Abraham Hicks stuff, they talk about going general. That's helped me a lot. Just that concept of like, just go general because you can't really fix things from where you are if if you're in a negative state, you know? Mm -hmm. So going general and just feeling better. You know what I mean? Well, so I call that where are you rooted? Like if you're rooted in fear or, Mm, um, mm -hmm. you know, or shame, because I tend to really like that word, but fear or shame. um, And then the actions you take from there are usually going to be crap, right? Like when you're in a place of fear, you're totally scarce. So then maybe if you're trying to, if you know, you could sell really hard or, you know, there's that desperation or you're really trying to connect with people, but you're in that place of fear versus when you're in a different feeling state of say, you know, love or com- and love can have a whole baggage, like compassion or joy. And then you mm-hmm. go and try to sell something or you try to connect whatever it may be that you're trying to do or go try to get a, you know, a different job. You're not going to be as graspy. You're going to allow yourself to show up because again, if you're in that shame, if you're rooted in shame, you have those three shields that are going to show up. One of those three, the moving away, moving towards, moving against, right? Mm-hmm. Hiding, approval whoring, or inner gladiator that's the way that's my language i'm the approval whore (laughs) oh good i always wanted to be a whore and i am i have great words don't i (laughs) yeah you do i think that's a tweetable for me (laughs) corinne called me an approval whore today i no no you called yourself (laughs) no i accept it it's fine you can call me a whore as long as you say it's an approval whore but see, you have to be one to know one. And that's, yeah. why, that's why I spent in certain parts of my life, I spent a lot of time doing that. In my old job, yeah. I did that because I thought, oh, if I just can, you know, I'll sell myself out and then I'll finally be happy. <laughs> They'll finally right. like me and approve of me. <laughs> 
Oh, it's such an empty pursuit. <laughs> yes, it didn't work. <laughs> I mean, think about it too, from an actor perspective. You want people to like you because you want to get the job and you have to go out multiple times a day and get people to like you. Mm-hmm. But really, and that's that's what's so hard is is uh, taking, is it, when you're any kind of creative entrepreneur, is taking, you know, it's really hard to distill the personal from the professional because it it, it is you. You are selling yourself. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, so, whatever it takes. I, I do drugs to deal with it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't do drugs. <laughs> or do I? No, I don't. <laughs> I think the big work that I've I've had to really do for myself is not letting that define me. Yeah. Right. That's tough. It is tough. And that's but that goes back to the mindset in the sense of what we're talking about the our thoughts. Right? What are the thoughts? Because there's another idea of mindset which I want to clarify real quickly because I know my listeners have really heard a lot about it on the show is Carol Dweck at Stanford the growth mindset or the fixed mindset. And um but she does talk about, in, it's like page six of her book, Mindset, the thoughts that you think can create the results in your life. That sounds really woo-woo, mm-hmm. but she's at Stanford, and she's one of the... Yeah. <laughs> and then I like par- it when the Stanford, when the Ivy League people <laughs> say woo-woo stuff, you're like, see? And then she was, at, <laughs> she was at some of the Ivy League schools back east before this, right? So in her research, ha- is very it's very foundational in multiple areas. I mean, they've taken her stuff. And so I, yeah, like you, I like that when you can have somebody like her say that and it's, it can sound woo woo, but then it's Carol Dweck, but so growth mindset or fixed mindset, fixed mindset. It's when our brain shuts down. Mm-hmm. Right. And the growth mindset is that, okay, I made a mistake. What can I learn from this and move forward? And that's where I like take that. Where are you rooted from? Are you rooted in a place of fear or shame? And so like, I, I would say if you combine her work with Brene Brown's, the the fixed mindset because what she did was with the group of kids gave them this really hard test the kids who got 64 percent and started to shut down they were really rooted in shame because and that was me i was the gate kid Mm -hmm. feeling like a fraud like i I shouldn't be here did somebody mess up and get the wrong kid right right so those kids who are all of a sudden into that identity that label and then they get 64 percent, they shut down when they retook the same test they did worse whereas the kids with the growth mindset who are like rooted in self-compassion or whatever, they're like, oh, I got 64%. doesn't define me. What can I go learn so that I can do better next time? They got a better test score. 60, a 64? Mm-hmm. I'm definitely in the first group because like, <laughs> even the thought of that made my palms sweaty. Well, because that's what we're taught. Yeah. Right? Oh, for it, sure. I mean, we're, we have this whole cultural thing of you must fail in order to be successful but in a K through 12 education, are we really allowed to fail? No. So this approval whoring is cultivated at a young age because, you know, you are taught that, look, you need to get good grades if you want to get to where you want to go. Yeah, we are. And that's tough because I know that with my own daughter, it's, it is tough because she is smart and she is motivated. and there, But sometimes she just wants to be lazy or sometimes there's subjects she doesn't like. And, and I've definitely lectured her too much to turn her into a great approval whore mm-hmm. turned my own daughter into an approval whore. See what I've done? <laughs> and, but, you know, but I try to tell her it's because it's a game. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, this game that we've established, the rest of the world tends to respond better. 
and more doors of opportunity open for you if you play the game mm-hmm. with the A's. But but so when you reframe it like as a game, then is the mindset not a defining mindset? Yeah, I guess that that is better. Right, but, you, you just, know, like any parent, you know, when you've lectured your kid too much, you're like, all right, yeah, I need to back off. Raising my hand. Yeah. Guilt, guilt, back off. Guilt, guilt. <laughs> just go ahead and book that therapy appointment for you. <laughs> all right. Have a nice hour. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, so the growth mindset versus the fixed mindset, because she did preface when they took these kids took this test in the study that this was going to be a really hard test and they were probably going to do really poorly. And then, and but that they would be retaking the exact same test. The kids with the fixed mindset got a worse grade. The kids with the gross mindset, growth mindset got a better That's really grade. interesting. Yeah. So when you talk about where you're rooted and stuff like that, I, I really, I appreciate that a lot. I feel like my 20s and 30s were spent trying to figure out why I either got negative feedback or no feedback. So I started to make up reasons in my head why things weren't working the way I wanted them to. Mm -hmm. And then started to get into that place where I'm like basically beating the drum of being rooted in the shame, in the I'm not worthy enough, Mm -hmm. in the, you know, Mm -hmm. the the failure. And then something happened around turning 40 maybe a few years before of like, oh, I don't care anymore. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I guess I realized, oh, I'm doing this. I'm the one doing this. I made it up several years ago, these stories, and now I'm sticking to them. But now that I realize I did that, I don't have to do that anymore. So let's make up some new stories. But you can't make up new stories unless you're rooted in a different place. So you ultimately just have to feel better so that you can do that. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you practice not feeling too good for a really long time, it's really hard to remember how to just be happy. Mm-hmm. And it takes time to get back to that, to practice that again, to practice happiness. So here's my question for you. When you were living in that swampland yeah. right, with crappy feelings, did you believe that you deserved to feel happy? When I would become indignant, I would, but most of the time I wasn't. Mm-hmm. So it's that, it's that like really black and white, right? That wild child dictator that we do. And we can do this with food. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, and so sometimes, I mean, in uh, Harriet Lerner, who's been on my show a bunch of times, she talks about the dance of anger. We don't, we push down, we push down, we push down. And finally we just get angry. Yes. And instead of like, if we had taken make, those small steps to just use our voice, would it have blown up? I mean, I'm, I'm just as much at fault for this. Right. So instead of or, you know, like when you don't really pay attention, you don't really pay attention. Then all of a sudden it's like you're looking and you're like, oh, my gosh, this is a nightmare where if you'd caught it earlier and paid attention, it really wouldn't have been that big of a deal. Right. The guests that I have on the show. And so one of the things I used to I used to have this long piece that I would talk about before the show opened about how this is the show about, you know, because I was trying to get rid of that myth of overnight success. It's just it's so prevalent out there. And then that's a shame that triggers shame storms. Well, it's like, okay, well, Anna's just this amazing voiceover actor. And I hear her on ABC at night and she's just, you know, rocket into fame. And why can't I? That happened to me. Right. Right. She's an overnight success story. Right. Which is such BS. <laughs> such BS. But I'm watching ABC. And I'm like, oh my God, that's Anna. 
That's so silly. <laughs> I know it, it is true. It, well, and here and the funny side of that, the thing that I'm noticing now is that like I basically won't let myself go out of town because it took so long to get to the the status of working as much that I do. I am so scared that they'll go hire somebody else if I go out of town for a week. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So there's a whole there's a whole thing that comes along with it, like if, trying to figure it out. And that see, well, but then there's that scarcity. So when you go back to yeah. That's Thoughts become thing. things. You've got to clean that up. Because mm-hmm. you won't even have to leave town. Yes. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't want. I don't want scarcity. <laughs> we don't want scarcity. I want scarcity of scarcity. <laughs> That's what I want. That's the thought I'm going to think. So I just outsmarted the system. You're welcome. Well, but you have to be careful with that because <sighs> if you're saying scarcity. Don't even say that word. <laughs> you must not utter it. And some people are going to think we're just crazy and Corinne has lost it. But going back to... Well, we are crazy. <laughs> this, you have lost it. <laughs> this idea of like, where are they, these people and how did they get to this place? So my show really was about overcoming this, this myth of overnight success, comparing our lives to this, I, this story of overnight success when mm-hmm. right, your, your success isn't overnight. You've worked really hard at it and it's taken a long time and you've achieved this level of success and there's concern about will it keep going? Right. And one of the things that I know because my show for a long time was really about, I was trying to figure out like, how come some people are successful and some people aren't? Really, what's the like? What's the secret ingredient? What's the I, secret thing? I'm I'm fascinated by that question, and and all and all the answers to it, and all the books that have been written. Yeah, and so like I consumed, you know, I mean, 400 episodes of shows and interviews, and the thing that I really learned that helped me with my own personal fixed mindset was that people fell down and they got back up. People fell down and they got back up. Yeah, and they for sure. stopped waiting for permission. Mm-hmm. Right. Sometimes I'll make myself small and be like, oh, well, somebody needs to give me permission or say that you are good enough. And the reality is, is that no matter what people say, especially when I'm an approval whore, the mm-hmm. more that they say it, I used to call it, it was like quicksand. It's like it just go right through me. It, it didn't. It, there wasn't it. There wasn't anything lasting or like here's here's how I would just describe my approval whoring. So when I do my weight loss coaching with clients, we look at food and the types of fuel that they eat. And so there's like the food that you eat as fuel and whatever fuel is for you at this moment. It's not the good food, the bad food, because that can trigger shame. Right. But what is the food that is fuel for you? And then there's this idea of joy eating. What are foods that you eat that are for joy? But they're not going to give you like if I ate ice cream sundaes all day long, I would be exhausted. (laughs) Right. 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 And and so that's what I kind of think of approval. Approval is like joy eating. It's yummy and delicious, but it doesn't sustain a life. Well, and you know, when you are feeling really good and confident, if people pay you a compliment, you say thank you and you just move on. It's mm-hmm. not like eating ice cream. You just mm-hmm. go, okay, next. Like you're not like, it's nice, but it's not like, it doesn't give you the bump that you thought it would. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's not this hit. It's not the hit on the mind crack. Yeah. I found that with most sustainable career jumps, when I it, they've always come as a result of me maintaining a much better feeling place about myself. And when those supposed alleged jumps happened, 
with the actual manifestation coming, mm-hmm. it didn't feel like the bump, the hit of crack that I thought it would. Mm-hmm. It felt normal. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm I'm very into that concept of the mindset of I just want it to feel normal. Mm-hmm. So right now, um, a $2 million home, buying a $2 million home does not feel normal to me. Mm-hmm. So... You know, if I'm if that's going to be one of my goals, it's going to have to be something that's going to feel normal mm-hmm. in order for it to manifest. So, what's the better feeling that you had when those things would happen? Well, usually, I would see. I I know I've said this before, but I like to start my day writing in my journal, having my little coffee, and um writing myself into a very focused, good feeling place. And I try to maintain that for the rest of the day. Obviously you can't do that. Mm -hmm. Input is going to happen. You're going to bump up against people and situations and usually emails that uh, get a rise out of you and you have to deal with the contrast. (laughs) Um, Not emails from you, dear. I love your emails. Um, (laughs) But then if you can reflect on the day with appreciation, I like doing that. I like meditating. I like I basically it's it's an all day long thing to tweak the feeling. Then I find the good feeling stuff that I think results in manifestations in a few days. Definitely if I can sustain it. It's just sustaining it most of the time. Whereas before I was kind of sustaining this like when I went through my bad phase, my 3-year depression, I was sustaining not good feelings. So it was just like, instead of spending time thinking not good feelings, why don't you spend your time thinking good feelings? Well, yeah, I don't quite remember how. Okay, well, let's practice it. Okay, so now I've been practicing it. Okay, great. Now you can practice it. Now you can really drill down on it and just feel really good. for. The, here's what happens. When I feel really good for the sake of just feeling good, the ironic thing occurs, which is the manifestations start to come. Then you have a choice. You can either go, yeah, manifestations. I want more, more, more. I want more hits. Or you can go, that was fun. Let me get back to feeling really good for the sake of feeling good. Then things are sustainable. Then those manifestations become sustainable. But the moment I get hooked on what is, I've lost it. So what's the feeling? What are these good feelings? Feeling happy, feeling fun. For me, fun is a big thing. I write the word, I want to laugh. I want to have a good time. I want to play. How do you play? What do you do for play? Um, what do I do for play? Well, I like running or walking with my friends. Mm-hmm. I like um, watching The Bachelor with my friends <laughs> and making jokes. Um, I like spending time with my friends. That's a, that's a big thing that makes me feel like I'm playing. I like spending time with my daughter. Usually it centers around watching TV together. There's a lot of watching TV. I'm really good at watching TV. I've got a knack for it. Um, no, but I, you know, I like moving my body. I like playing games. I, I like anything, fun experiences. So I get that. Watching TV is one of my fun too. And when you said that watching TV is one of your fun, that gave me permission for it to be one of my fun. Some of the feeling states that I like to practice living in are confident, uh, 
motivated, determined, especially when I'm trying to do the workday. And also the energy that I will bring into uh, certain times of my life when I go on that pool deck, it's very clear. And so, you know, or having that high energy where it's upbeat and fun. And I really think a lot about that. Like, okay, this is what I need to cultivate in this experience. And then of course, there are those things that trigger us. And so when you asked me earlier, why did you go to something that triggers you? Yes. Because that is how you can really make your mind stronger. You can either choose. I yeah. can either fall apart or I can go, okay. There, I mean, there are good things that I learned, but then there's residual stuff. But it's really the stuff I'm walking in with, right? It's that fifth grade girl who's walking in. Mm -hmm. Because when I can put that aside and not let it define me and go, okay, I'm here to learn. There's just certain things that I'm going to learn. And whether somebody sits next to me or not, it doesn't, it doesn't define me. Well, that's so evolved. I really like that. You should be praised for that. I'm praising you. Because you're going into a situation knowing that it's going to trigger you when most of the time what we want to do is protect ourselves. So we go, we draw these boundaries like, I'm not going to see that person. That person can't be my friend. This, I can't walk into that thing. I can't see that part of the family. You know what I mean? We're constantly mm -hmm. saying, you know, putting up those walls because we don't want to be challenged in that way. But so here, I mean, here's the thing, because, you know, there like I had to get really clear about what it was that I'm doing because I used to get very black and white like oh well this person does this and or there's you know this situation and in it and I would just be like done and really well okay in this situation there's certain things that I can learn and I want to do that there are certain people that were there that I did want to connect with and I knew that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and and I became very deliberate and then all that other stuff the drama that can come with it I just said okay that will be there but I don't have to engage in it and yeah. getting really, really clear. And so, you know, there, there are, um, there are some people think, oh, well, Corinne can just do whatever she wants. I mean, I have responsibilities like anybody else. And so there are times that I'm doing things that not really wanting to do. It's not on my like, oh, yay list. Right. But I better it because maybe I need to have this difficult conversation with somebody, or maybe I do need to answer this email, even though I don't really want to, because if I do that, the cost to me will be less. So I really think about that after I have my, you know, my verbal vomiting <laughs> in a safe place. Right. After you have your mini, your mini rant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. Oh, that reminds me. I've, I have an email of somebody who asked me to voice something for them. Mm. And, and I volunteered to do it. So mm -hmm. it's, it's like, but it's a voice that I don't normally do. They want a kid voice. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> it's something like that. I look at the email and I go, Oh, it just, <laughs> I throw my mini, I, I know the mini temper tantrum you're talking about, mm -hmm. you're like, but then eventually you're just going to have to respond or else, mm -hmm. I don't know. Why'd you say you would do it? Oh, no, I volunteered for uh, my friend, uh, Michael O'Neill, who hosts the Solopreneur uh -huh. podcast. Um, I told him for the people who are in his mastermind group who are doing podcasts, I said, I will do, if you send me a short script, I'll do intros and outros for your podcast. Mm -hmm. And you can lay them into your intros to the music, but I'll just give you raw voice files, which is, you know, so I'm happy to do that, supporting his group there. Mm -hmm. And then uh, somebody emailed saying they wanted like little kids reading voices. And I was like, well, just have little kids read them then. <laughs> That's my <laughs> thing. I'm like, why am I doing this? So I can sound like one of those weird you know, old ladies doing a little boy voice. Well, is that what you do? Little kids voices? No, I actually don't. So I can, but I don't, I don't do them very regularly. Uh 
I mean, you can no. just say that. That's not tapping into that's, my superpower. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you could get little oh, kids. Oh, I like going, that. Yeah. That's not really tapping into my superpower. Yeah, it's not tapping into my superpower. I can do it, but you may be better off getting a little kid to do it. Oh, my God. You just took the sting out of me writing that response. Well, because then it brought up feelings of, well, I'm being an a-hole if I'm not no. fulfilling that promise. That's, but, see, that's all, but see, that's all that crappy thinking right? that we do. Yeah. So we all have it. And that's what I hope yeah. the listeners get is that we all have it, even the voice of ABC Thursday Night <laughs> Must See TV. <laughs> we all have it. Everybody has it. So if you think that people don't, it's a lie. We all have it. Some people are just sure. better at hiding it. Or, you know, like you and I, I mean, we're, we're kind of bearing our soul, right? We're opening it up. Yeah. So that the listeners can realize. And there's this Kristen Neff, who's been on my show. She's this great compassion researcher at the University of Texas. It's so funny that I just love all these, you know, university researchers. I but, love um, it. But so she, she's a self-compassion researcher. And one of the elements of self-compassion is realizing that there's just common humanity. It's the fact that we all have it. It just may be in different things. We have different trigger points, mm -hmm. but we all have it. So knowing that we all have these voices and then how do you talk to yourself to help you move through it? Because we can think that we're so alone living in our swamplands when we all have, we can, we can all move through the swampland and get to a, you know, a better place. And then go visit. Yeah. Like I tend to visit my swampland. I don't just sure. live there anymore. I used to no. pitch that tent and live there. Gosh, it's so much nicer to not live yeah. in a swampland. Yeah. yeah. So much nicer. Okay, so to wrap this up, I want to go back to, so the feeling state that you like to be in is happy, fun, and play. Yeah, happy, fun, play. Do you have kind of like a personal mantra that you go by like when you're, when you're not in that feeling state to help you move you into those feeling states? A personal mantra or like an affirmation. I, you know, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of things. Can you share? Yeah. I, I mean, I do like that one exercise of well, what do you think? Like, what do you think, inner being? What do you think about this? I like to do that when I have my wits about me to ask that question. I like um, all is well and getting weller. Mm -hmm. Some reason just saying that, like, I start to like, oh, yeah, everything. I, I especially say that on a plane when I start to have anxiety if there's turbulence or something. Um, th things are working out. I like saying things are working out because it takes the sting out of whatever the most recent manifestation is. If I don't like the most recent manifestation, mm -hmm. you didn't get that job. That's all right. Things are working out. Mm hmm and that softens whatever I can do to soften when mm -hmm. I, when I'm in the, in the swampland. Do you ever do like, I have enough right now? Yeah. And I, 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 I do the, um, that's all right. It doesn't have to happen right this second. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to unfold right this second. So I don't need to like put my, you know, jaws of life clutches into the outcome. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to happen right this second. I can leave it alone. Mm-hmm. With me, I think it is a lot about managing the, uh, the, the pattern of behavior that I have wanting to push things into place instead of letting them unfold. Mm -hmm. So whatever I can do to kind of chill that out and be like, oh, you're pushing. Let's just back off a little bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's that big myth. If I can control it, then it will happen. <laughs> right. <laughs> I tried that one for a really long time. I was exhausted. Yeah, it's exhausting. And it's funny because where do we learn that? There must have been some sort of like 
crack pellet that we received from one time we were pushy and then something actually did work out from being pushy. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, oh, okay, great. I'm going to do that with everything and everybody. <laughs> you learn really quickly that it doesn't work that way or really slowly. doesn't matter, but you learn it. Yeah, no, I, well, I think about working hard, right? That has really been kind of programmed into me. I must yeah. work hard. Yeah, got to have a good work ethic for yeah. sure. Yeah, no, I have, a, I have a really good work ethic. <laughs> Too good, in fact. I'm still like trying to learn this whole play thing. <laughs> yeah. So can I share I a couple? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, oh, I was going to say, I know your listeners are going to be like, well, Anna doesn't, she says she likes to play, but really all she does is watch TV. No, I do like to go out and move my body and exercise. I love to travel. I love to cook. I love to, you know, there's a lot of things that I love to do. I love to run. I love to walk. I love to hike. I love to be outside. So before we go, though, I want to share like some of the thoughts that I use to get myself Tell into me. better state. Um, so, because I can really catastrophize huge, huge, like it's all over. <laughs> Not a great thought to go into. <laughs> I know, geez. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, that is like my go-to. Oh, it's all over. And oh, so wow. one of the things that I try to turn around real, real quick is like, okay, what can I learn from this? Or this Ooh, is a good. learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or um, this sucks and that's okay because I will move through this or I am moving through this. Yeah. Like really for me allowing that because for so long I just discounted my feelings, but just allowing for the feeling and and realizing it's there, not orphaning it, and yeah. then saying, okay, it is this, but doesn't mean I'm going to stay here. Yeah, that's good. Um, another. I one- feel like I have to do that on, on the on the big ones, the really the really big ones in life. That's that's one that I have to tell myself like it's okay. It's You're okay. going to get through this. It's okay. And yeah. and I go to like a lot of times. Um, I'm resourceful. This, I, you know, I can figure this out. And that's true. Like, I'm not a good act as if because I have this huge value of authenticity and integrity. Mm-hmm. And so for me, that's like a lie. And then I can, that can trigger mm. my black and white mentality of, well, then that's bad, you know? And, I, and so, interesting. so for me, it's like for acting as if it doesn't work so much for me, maybe in five years as I get better at this, maybe I'll be mm-hmm. better. But for me, it's about, okay, I am resourceful. I have a I have a body of evidence that I've been resourceful. So maybe I can't figure it out right now. But I also know like, you know, when you lose your keys, like when I get really stressed out and I lose my keys, I know I'm not going to find my keys. It's just not going to happen because I it's that right. perceptual blindness. But if I get really relaxed, all of a sudden the keys show up. <laughs> like they were That's really- so true. Mm-hmm. So and so for people who if they're still listening to us who think we're a bit crazy, that key <laughs> thing is a great um uh, great experiment to work about like you're noticing your energy and and how does that work for you you know when do you when are you able to find the things and then where do you hit perceptual blindness because that's really what it comes down to and there's a lot of neuroscience this may sound woo-woo but we've got carol dweck at stanford and then there's a lot of neuroscience that that also correlates to this about the perceptual blindness thing um so those are those are just what I use, and I and just like and I appreciate what you said earlier at some point about how you'll set your your feeling intentions for the day, and then you're practicing it all day long. Yeah, because I think sometimes it like I used to think, okay, well, I want to be happy. Well, why aren't I happy? I'm miserable, and then that story would cycle instead of okay, what are the things you know I feel happy or practicing practicing gratitude, you know, and it can even be like gratitude of wow the light is green. I am so lucky. I mean, that the other night I was leaving. Uh, yeah. 
Right. I, was I agree. The, the little, it is the little things though. And that's what the, the whole thing is made up of little things anyway. Yeah. So find appreciation, in little things, and then you'll find bigger and bigger things to appreciate. Yep. All right. Well, thank you so much. This thank you, fun. my friend. <laughs> so circling back and wrapping up this great conversation I had with Anna Vocino, my guest co-host, the things that we talked about were how our thoughts become things, right? We started out with mindset and these stories that we tell ourselves, being really aware about the stories. If you're not into the laws of attraction, that's okay. Maybe that's something that you're not open to. That is fine. I tested this out in the world that I really trust, which is athletics. If you are a swimmer and you go up behind the blocks and say, I can't do this, it's impossible, and you really believe it, you're going to suck at it. This We're not going to drown, but you're going to suck at it. It's going to take a lot of energy, and the cost to you is going to be really, really high. So if, if that makes it easier for you to kind of think about the things that we talked about, one of my least favorite words is this word manifesting or abundance. I probably shared about that on the show. So, but I think about like, what is the language that we want to use? And for our athletes, we have to believe in what it is that we're setting out to do. And when we don't even know if we are going to achieve it, that's why we get up like in, in my sport, we get up and we do these 5am practices and we go back and we train 20 hours a week or 25 hours a week, not because of that transactional mindset that I so often talk about, at Starbucks where you show up, you pay for your coffee, you get your order back and it's going to be a precise way. This area is more about you go to Starbucks, you put your order and you pay for your coffee and you don't know what you're going to get five, six, a year, six months, a year down the road. And that can sometimes happen with how we talk to ourselves. So how do you talk to yourself throughout the day? I invite you to really pay attention to that. What are the messages? What are the themes? What are the things that we say? And notice, how does that affect your behavior? How, how do you show up in the world but the way you talk? If you hate yourself, which I know a lot of people do, they'll love their kids or they'll love their partners or their friends, but they may not really like them. Self, how do you show up? Do you dim your light or do you stand tall? Pay attention to that. I really invite you to do that. Years ago, I did that great interview with Brene Brown about we were supposed to talk about letting go of perfection. And we talked about we really got stuck on this one piece of her research that blew my mind away. Our ability to love other people is directly correlated to our ability to love ourselves, And that's an example of that. Because the things that maybe we're not proud of within ourselves that we've tried to orphan off, we all of a sudden see it either in the people that we love and our spouse for me, my husband or my kids. And we discount them, right? Or when I was an approval whore, one of the things that I love to do is like, let me just make all this noise here so that you become my friend. Let me hustle for my worthiness through you. And then as soon as you like me, I'm going to dump you because if you like me, then you must not be that great. And it wasn't something that was logical, but it was a thought that once I finally became aware of, I was like, wow, this needs to change. Do I like the results of this? The other thing that we talked about is what are the feeling states, right? Really, because our feeling states really drive our action and, and the types of action we take. So when we are talking about where are you rooted, are you rooted in fear and shame or are you rooted in a place of compassion or love or well-being? And when you take action in those same situations, but from a different feeling place, again, let's take this back to athletics, to my swimming world. If you're really, really afraid, and you're really, really nervous, and then you start to, you could create a lot of drama. 
And I have swimmers that will do that. They'll create a lot of drama to distract themselves from feeling this nervous thing, or they may hide or they may quit and give up. That's the other aspect that happens, right? Their performance is going to be a drained performance if they have the courage to step up on the blocks. Some of the kids will walk away and their parents will allow it. Now, if a kid feels that nerve and then learns how to funnel it and moves over to like, okay, I know I'm nervous. It's because of this unknown. And I'm going to use that to fuel me to get excited or to pumped up. That's not even a feeling, but to get excited so that I can channel this, this, Oh, listen to that language. But so I can have this energy flow, this feeling flow into I'm going to do the best that I can. And notice how you feel afterwards and what the results are. So paying attention to our feeling states, the thoughts that we think. And again, you know, as Carol Dweck says in her book, Mindset, the thoughts that you think can create the results in your life. They can. It's not a direct transform, transactional relationship but it can change. And I look at it more like gardening, like you're planting seeds and what seeds, how are you cultivating your garden? So I do think it's okay to get that mind crack out, whether it's on paper or a safe place. And for my clients, a lot of times I am their safe place. I will hold that space for them so that they can let that stuff out. So then they can get clear about, okay, what is it? What it is, you know, what is, what are the things that are holding them back? What are the things that are getting in their way so that they can create their life and go from this pretty good life, especially on paper or on the outside to really having this great life, both on the outside and most importantly on the inside. And this is what I help people do with my clients. I help them have these good lives and really go into great lives and get those things that get in our way, that get in all of our way. And as a mind, we opened up our soul to you today and get it out of the way so that we can really thrive in our lives. To find out how you can go from good to great, sign up for my weekly newsletter to get information about how you can create this in your own life. And finally, it's time to do the iTunes shout out. So thank you guys so much for taking the time to return back to your computer or if you know how to do it via your iPhone and leave a review. It helps our show and thank you. This is your way of giving back to the show in addition to these awesome emails that I get from you and the replies that I get from the email newsletter that I send out every week. So I'd like to do a shout out to M. Corrales and Sleepy Susan for leaving iTunes reviews. Thank you so much and thanks for listening today. Early morning, fog is lifting. She's in a rowboat on a lake. She is dreaming. She is drifting, never been so wild.